with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hi, everybody. This is week two of Live with Diana Bell. I have the most beautiful guest today, and I'm so excited because I get to stare right at her for about 30 minutes of my day. This is really giving me a lift this morning. (laughs) Um, Her name is Carmen, and I'm going to say your last name wrong, so I'm going to let you say it. Oh, just Herman. Oh, Herman. Yeah, I changed it. You changed it. made it it. easier. You didn't change it on Facebook, so if you don't change it on Facebook, how is anybody supposed to know? Um, I'm just like not 100% ready to let go, I oh, guess. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. Um, so you are the business development specialist of tourism Prince George? Yeah. Yeah. That cool. sounds about right. And when did you start? End of September. And you moved from? Vancouver. How exciting. We have moved another person from Vancouver, Victoria, the area to Prince George, you guys. We are... Convincing everybody to leave and come here, obviously. It's beautiful, and we've had such a great week this week. It's been so sunny. So this is uh, probably all the pictures that I post um, are the reason people are moving down here. It's all got to be about me, right? Yeah, totally. No, that's definitely... I came for you. Yeah, obviously. Um, So I was talking to you guys last week about how I have two listeners, Um, and I didn't realize this, but I have a third listener. So shout out mom, shout out dad, and shout out husband. You listened. I was so excited and also a little apprehensive. So what happened, Carmen, was I talked a lot last week about how living in the North is so great. Yeah. Um, part of the reasons why I really like living in the North is because I can let myself go from the neck down for six months of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nobody sees it. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I was talking about, you know, my, my hairy legs and how I eat whatever I want yep. and that kind of thing. Um, just thinking, you know, I'm just talking to my friends, like my mom, my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came home and went upstairs to my bathroom vanity because... I have my own bathroom, yeah. and my husband has his own bathroom. It's the way we keep things really exciting in our relationship. Yeah. Uh, so when I went upstairs to my bathroom, I found a pile of razors. <laughs> so, I mean, the exciting thing for me is he is listening, he and is. that is so exciting. I have three listeners, everybody. I'm so excited. The sad thing about it is is I think I'm going to have to do a little more work neck yeah. below. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now you have to shave. Now I have to shave. Careful what you say on here. I know. It's so bad. <laughs> and you would definitely know about uh, careful what you say because your husband actually is a radio. Do you call them DJs? Announcer? Announcer? I guess. Yeah. So he's personality? the personality. I don't know. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, he is a personality on the river. He is. He does the morning show with the beautiful Vilma. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, that I definitely, I mean, it's more him watching what he says. Yeah. Because not everything is, is allowed public. to be said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what's, what's the most embarrassing thing he has ever said? Uh, on the radio. So when he first started out, I guess he was like trying to be, I don't know, come up with some stories. Um, and he fake recorded me snoring. I do not snore. <gasps> but he so just recorded fake. himself. He's lying, people. He lies. Oh so then gosh. he played it. And then I just remember people just being like, oh, I heard you snore. No, 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 no. That's not me. <laughs> was it him? Did he just record he just himself? He just recorded himself. Fake yeah. snoring. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he he played it on there. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I definitely can relate to you. My husband is probably the loudest snorer in the whole entire world. I don't even need to record him because I think part of uh, Prince George has already heard him. Probably. I think I hear him from... Your head, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're a couple blocks away, yeah. but you'd probably heard him. Yeah. Um. He uh, actually used to work out of town with uh, other people, and he got to have his own room only because nobody would sleep with him because he's the loudest snorer. <laughs> I think that's just what he does on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't think he does it on purpose anymore. I think <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just him. Age. <laughs> Maybe back in the day, and then it just started like that, and now it's just continuing. Um, so I, uh, I was, had this crazy week with my baby. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to get her to eat stuff because Mm -hmm. she's 10 months old and she's really only eating formula. So we've been really pushing different foods every morning. I'm setting up this super elaborate breakfast for her Mm -hmm. with, you know, like squishy things and hard things and soft things, like just different textures and tastes. Yeah. And then I'm doing the same thing at the end of the day. And she is not eating anything. She is just like touching it and throwing it. Yeah. She loves giving it to the dog. Yeah. That's yeah. really fun. Um, but the other day, she started eating cheesies. <gasps> I know. And I was so excited because these things say broccoli cheesies. Yeah. 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 But then I looked further and they're broccoli tasting cheesies. Mm-hmm. They are basically Cheetos. Yeah. And when I'm talking about Cheetos, I'm talking about the the cat with the sunglasses, like with the Cheetos Cheetos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, they just not. breathe broccoli <clears throat> on it. They breathe broccoli on it. Yeah. There's like some sort of like probably, I don't know, uh, horrible biologically made broccoli taste that they just dust on the Cheeto. Yeah. But she's eating something, though. But she's eating something. Yeah, that's amazing. So then the other thing that she started eating, and I was really excited about, was bacon. Mm. Izzy likes bacon, too. Oh, Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Oi, oi, oi. So Carmen named her child Izzy, and it's the funnest name because you just want to shout it. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. <laughs> that's her hashtag. She's got a hashtag. She does have a hashtag. Yeah, she's trendy. How many followers do you think she has right now? Oh, probably all her grandparents... You know what? I'm going to go with 25. Sweet. Yeah. So you got a big family. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my baby's eating portfolio has now been extended. So she is eating broccoli Cheetos Mm -hmm. and she's also eating bacon. So that's pretty much it for her right now. Yeah. You know, Izzy went through phases of eating everything to right now she's a bit picky but it's mainly just like brown things like carbs is what she wants oh okay noodles that she calls doodles oh doodles Doodles. those are her favorite um she really likes rice so yeah Yeah. it's just it sometimes you're like yes i found something she likes then you make it two days later hates it oh no okay well the other thing um that happened this week is me and my baby have like gotten in a little yelling match back and forth Mm mm-hmm I promised her months ago. So at home, we have this security fence for the baby. So it's large. Mm -hmm. She has the whole entire living room. But she is in a fenced area. Yes. She is not free run. Uh, I'm totally fine with that. She is not. So basically, I told her two months ago that I would buy this massive TV entertainment center Mm -hmm. that is safe for babies. Yeah. So... After I get this thing, she is going to be a free run baby instead of a fenced in baby. Right. So she, 
Uh, I told her this about two months ago, and I'm still waiting for it, unfortunately. Shipping (laughs) these days. So this week, she was so mad. She's screaming at me from the fence. I'm like, girl, like, it's not time yet. It hasn't come in yet. Yeah. Um, my husband's been calling them. They keep saying it's coming. It's never coming. It's not. Um, so I think what I'm going to do tonight when I get home is I'm going to put her on with customer service. Yeah. And let her talk to them. Yeah. Because she doesn't believe me. And every time I put her in the fenced area, she's just screaming at me. Yeah. So I think I'll call them tonight and I'll let her talk to them and scream at them. Definitely let the screaming <clears throat> happen. Yeah. yeah. And then I think uh, I think maybe they'll hurry up. I think so. Yeah. That's good. Might as well try it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Um, so I did have to clear my throat a bit. I'm so sorry, you guys. I didn't drink any milk last night, I promise. So last week, Christina, who is very talented and has done a lot of radio, told me that I am not supposed to drink any milk the night before. So I did not drink any milk last night. I'm doing pretty good, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did drink milk like two nights before, and I kind of tried to make up for the milk that I was going to miss. Doubled your milk. I doubled my milk. So <laughs> I I probably drank about, like, I mean, I said two liters last week, like a night, but I probably drank two liters two nights ago. And I milk. I know, but I feel like I need it for my old bones. Oh. Yeah. Milk makes your bones stronger. Does it? Yeah, it mm. totally does. So I, I drank all that milk. I'm feeling a little bit better, but I think I might have to, like, drink triple my milk, like, three days before and then have nothing for two days. Didn't your mom, doesn't your mom think you're allergic? Uh, my mom does think I'm allergic, but I think she's wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to try it out. Just no. No, no. no, no. I don't want the coconut milk. You were telling me about lactose-free milk. It does not taste the same. I, I do not want to try, try it. You try it. Oh, we'll do like a, um, a, one of those tests, blindfolded tests to see if you can tell the difference. Oh, like Coke and Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it might be our next mom's night out. Oh, perfect. And <laughs> yeah. then what are you going to give me if I can tell? Cheetos. Cheetos. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it for done. the Cheetos. Perfect. Okay. Um, all right. So you moved from Vancouver to Prince George. I so did. can you tell me why you moved here? So um, for my for my husband's job. So mm-hmm. the river, um, he was excited to have an opportunity to come work up. So we, we a little backstory is we actually, I came here uh, in 2006 to attend UMBC and that's um, I was here for for six years met some really great friends so we've always come back once a year since since I graduated and um, yeah so this opportunity to kind of for Clinton's work came up so we thought hey I think I think it's time we've got we've got a baby we want to buy a place. I mean, I think everyone knows affordability in Vancouver is really hard. So yeah, and you got a beautiful house when you moved here. Yeah, in our favorite close, we love Moore's Meadows, so oh. we're walking walking distance from there, which makes us so happy. It makes our dog so happy. So um, that was a big. That was obviously a big thing. Um, and then I don't know. Our life in Vancouver was more driving two hours to get to some hiking trails and to some campsites and here it's what 10 15 minutes i think in the summer we would leave work at four and pull up to our parking our campsite by four forty-five. like that's that's amazing yeah just yeah. so cool for us and that's kind of what the the life we want izzy to have so yeah. that was a big plus and then sometimes in vancouver you just feel like an ant in a huge world I don't know and I just really like the idea of being part of a community and making a difference if 
if I can. And yeah, you definitely get that from Prince George. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of it's, it's hard to leave grandparents. All of Izzy's grandparents are down in the lower mainland. So that's mm. definitely been the hardest thing. But our really great friends that have kind of stayed up here have made it a lot easier for us nice and you just have to convince them to move here right i tried i tried i like to send (laughs) them i like to send them houses that they can buy with what their places are worth down down there and i'm like ooh, look a lake Ooh, Ooh. fishing every day but they could buy two houses they could yeah yeah um i lived in vancouver for about a year with Mm -hmm. my husband and i felt like it was the city of a billion things to do, mm-hmm. but nobody to do it with because everybody lives like an hour away from each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that everyone's kind of got their bubble of friends already. So it's hard to make new friends in Vancouver because they just don't have time for their the friends that they already have. So they're like, whoa, no friends? I can't do that today. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I mean, I don't want to bash Vancouver because I also think oh, it's awesome. Listen, <laughs> listen, I need my food fix. Yeah, I need. Yeah, no, I go. But you know what? And PG's also. It's really easy to to get back down there. Mm-hmm. An eight hour drive is nothing, and the flights are easy. So it's been good. Awesome. So um, we are going to start with our good news news. So we mm. have three good news stories today. Um, we're just going to start with my first one and then we're probably going to take a break here okay um so uh we have um a prince george olympian uh tiana garens of prince george um she could possibly be going to the olympics this year um she's quite excited if anything happens she's an alternate um and then we also have a few other people going so there's three northern bc athletes that are going into the olympics um, That's amazing. I know, isn't that That's exciting? so great for us. Yeah. That's uh, So we have um, a Prince George person. She's one of 19 snowboarders to be selected wow. to Team Canada. Um, Odine is one of seven members to compete in the snowboard cross. Uh, she was actually in the 2018 Olympics in South Korea, but she didn't participate. She suffered a, a major concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of exciting. We have created Olympic athletes in Prince George. That's awesome. We've got great athletes in this yeah. city. It's so, um, yeah, it's amazing. I would like to pretend I'm one of them, but I'm really not. Um, yeah, I, I definitely pretend that I am. We got into cross-country skiing. I'm like, ooh, look how good I am. And then they just, you know, five-year-old kids sit by me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know um, my husband actually is an amazing skier. Uh, he was skiing up in Vancouver with my brother-in-law, and he was skiing down super fast, uh, took a massive fall. And, uh, Is he my, that good? <laughs> he, no, he's good. He's good. He did take a massive fall. He was going a little too fast. And then my brother-in-law got there, and he had actually tore his rotator cuff. But he is such a good skier that he still had a lit cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a talent. That, that is, should that should be gosh. an Olympic sport. I feel like I mean he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> but uh but if it was an Olympic sport, um he would have gone to the Olympics in 20 well, I guess 2018. Yeah, yeah 2018. Gold. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Could have brought PG gold. <laughs> um so there's another story. Um it's uh Mackenzie man, he won a million dollars. Uh, in the lottery. A million dollars in McKenzie. What would you, like, I feel like you could buy, like, 20 houses in McKenzie for a million dollars. 
Oh, you know what? I'm on Realtor.ca a lot, but I don't look up what the prices of McKenzie, so I yeah. might later on. But yeah, buy houses. Yeah. Pay off. I've got student loans. If oh, he yeah. wants to pay off my student loans, that'd be super generous. I know. I feel like I should call him up and, uh, and try to make friends with him and just see if there's like um, anything that he would want to do for his friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm sure, that- I'm sure he's getting a lot of those calls <laughs> right now. I know. <laughs> I think if I won a million dollars, I would probably... Uh, um, I don't know what I would do here. I mean, I know my husband would want acreage mm-hmm. and we'd want to get like a ton of animals mm-hmm. and you can totally do that in Prince George. Yeah. 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 Like a little hobby farm. We could do a little hobby yeah. farm. It wouldn't kill any of my animals. So no. I would just get more and more and more. Unfortunately. Like a rescue. A rescue I would farm. love that. That's like a dream of mine. I would love yeah. to have a rescue. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to take a break. And we will be back. Thank you so much. Awesome. There isn't much that a country singer hasn't covered in a song. If you want to hear songs about new love, lost love, drinking, fighting, cowboys, trains, traveling, and everything else, then tune into the Country Cavalcade every Wednesday, 6 to 8, where I cover music from the 20s to the 90s, as well as today's traditional independent artists. You'll hear from such greats as the Carter family, Johnny Horton, Vern Charlton, and so much more. The Country Cavalcade, Wednesday, 6 to 8, only here on 9 93.1 CFIS FM with me, Corey Walker. Working from home is not always easy. Unexpected visitors, pets looking for attention, phone calls, chores, the list of possible interruptions is endless. Get away from the distractions with a rental from the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Rent an office or desk by the month or a desk on a drop-in basis when working from home is getting the better of you. For more information, email q3building at gmail.com. Q3 Creative Business Hub. Open for desk and office rentals at Quebec and 3rd. After two difficult years, make 2022 better. Start by booking an appointment at Tops and Bottoms. We can help find the most supportive, beautiful and comfortable bra for you. Appointments for post-surgery clients are also available. Call 250-614-1553 for your appointment or book online through Google, Facebook or our website topsandbottoms.ca. Forecast for Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, clearing near noon, wind up to 15K and a high of 1. Tonight, a few clouds, increasing cloudiness near midnight, wind from the south at 20, a low of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 10. For Friday, mainly cloudy, south winds continuing and a high of 2. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. That's so nice. Hi, we're back with Carmen. Hi. Hi, so I actually um, forgot my last two people that are from the North going to the Olympics. Um, so Biathlon Canada named Prince George's Sarah Beaudry and Emily Dixon of Burns Lake to its eight-person squad. How exciting. Yes, biathlon. Yeah. yeah. Great. And what is a biathlon? Uh, that's the, the skate ski. Oh, and then cool. they And then they, uh, they shoot. Oh, at, um, Yeah, at some targets. So if you're ever at um, Caledonia, they have that all set up. How exciting. That's so cool that mm-hmm. they have that here. Yeah, and look, Sarah and Emily, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, all right, so our last good news story is um, I was actually just kind of looking through everything last night and something popped up. It was just talking about popular movies that were filmed in BC. Mm. And it gave me the top eight, so I was going to talk about that today. So, okay. um, So I don't know if you ever saw this. 
I don't know if our listeners have seen it. Mom, Dad, you probably haven't. Um, but She's the Man was filmed in I knew that. I have seen that movie probably ten times. I have, too. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you, like, what high school it is in Vancouver. I love it. So if you guys have ever watched a movie about um, a downtrodden stripper named, uh, I'm not sure what his name Mm. was in the movie, but it's Channing Tatum. Yep. He was in She's the Man. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, The early days. I feel like my mom might know who that was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Happy Gilmore was filmed in BC, guys. How exciting. That's really cool. Isn't that That's, neat? Yeah, yeah. I feel like like so many things have come out of that movie, like the banana on the ground, mm-hmm. um, and like tap 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 it in, <laughs> tap it in, tap yep. it in. Yep. So that's kind of exciting. Little Women mm. that was filmed in BC. Didn't know that. Isn't that neat? Mm-hmm. So I definitely know that my mom knows that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a mom movie. That is a mom movie. Uh, one that she might not know is Deadpool. I did know that because they shut down like the the Georgia Viaduct for a couple days, oh, which that's so just cool. like made traffic crazy in Vancouver. So I was there for that. But Ryan Reynolds, oh, what a beautiful was holding human up being. traffic, and yeah. that is so exciting. Just let it happen. Even if you can get a glimpse, like that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, good boys. I've never actually seen that movie, but I'm gonna have to Google that later. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe mom, dad, you know it. I'm not <laughs> sure. Maybe Dale, my other listener. Um, the A Team was filmed in BC. Mm. I know. Yeah, that's kind of cool. We make some good films here. I feel like we do. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you guys know Canadian actor Devin Sawa, but Final Destination was filmed in Devin BC. Devin Sawa. I had a poster of him in my room. I think I did. I went too. through a blonde phase. He yeah. was pretty cute. I, I think um, he would have asked me out if we ever... Yeah, met. probably. Yeah, I obviously. agree with that. Yeah. Um, Scary Movie was also filmed mm-hmm. in BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's all really exciting. Yeah, we've got a good roster. We do have a good roster. We have some really cool actors and actresses in BC, and they're really showing up for us. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And it's good thing for them that I never went into acting, because I probably would have just taken all of their roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Let's do Be- it. Yeah. This is the nervous part. Because <laughs> you are the business development specialist for Tourism PG. Yeah. So what are you currently working on? So I work with um, meeting and conferences and then the sport tournaments side of, of that come into the city. So obviously with... Um, the restrictions there's it's been a bit of a stand still with with meetings and conferences but i'm excited to get those back soon and nice. then um yeah for the sports side we've got some really exciting championships coming up we've got the biathlon national so oh yay. awesome i mean sarah and emily won't be there but <laughs> we've got some great athletes that are training out just like them so that's in march and then we've got the world's um curling Oh, cool. Which is also in March. And then I hear the patch, which is their um, beer gardens, is quite a big party. So you don't need a ticket or anything to go to them. So that's huge. And then... Is is Will Ferrell going to announce at the curling championship? How good would that be? That would be so good. He did go to Saskatchewan and do it. Yeah, so maybe. maybe. And actually, sorry, it's not Will Ferrell. It is... Oh. What is his name? Anchorman. Yeah, 
Yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Oh, Ron, oh, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. Thank you, Reg. Ron okay, his Burgundy. character. His yeah. character. I get it. That, yes, please. He will only talk to you in character. So if he comes, you better call him Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Got it. Okay. okay. Good note. Um, so what's it like to be married to somebody in radio? Um, it's, uh, it's someone that really likes to talk. So... You know, and he's also super passionate about about his work, and I've never seen anyone that just loves to go to work as much as he does. So it's quite, um, um, yeah, it's, he inspires me. So oh, that's pretty awesome. cool. I don't listen, but he <laughs> inspires me in his passion. Yeah. So his passion inspires you, yeah. but you're not a listener. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. I am. So at least I make up for the both. Thank of you. Us. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So what would what do you think like a huge get would be? Um, for Prince George in terms of sporting tournaments? Um, I would love to see some more like extreme sports. I don't know. I always Ooh. just, have you ever seen the, like the Red Bull, um, the ice champions and they, they jump down big, um, sleds and things like that onto the streets of like Quebec that Quebec oh, hosted cool. it one year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an extreme sports person, but I would just love watching other people do it. Didn't we have like a long time ago? I don't know if this is still going on, but we had the cut banks races where people would race sand down in sandblast. That would be really great also. That would be, is that the kind of extreme sports <laughs> yeah. you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. Uh, I'm like team arrive alive, so I won't. I won't uh, okay. join in, but I like watching other people do it. No riding a fridge down a sand hill for you. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Good. Two feet on the ground. Uh, um, what are your two favorite things about Prince George now that you've moved here or moved back? Uh, the fact that my commute to work is under eight minutes is fantastic and the ease of getting to nature. And then um, the weeks like this where it's blue sky and oh, I don't so have nice. rain from the minute I wake up and go to bed. Totally. And it's just, yeah. All right. Well, I'm getting cut off and we are done for today. So thank you so much Thank for coming, you. Carmen. Anytime to hang out with you. I'm excited. Awesome. Have a great day, Bye, everybody. everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What I remember most is the loneliness I felt, the separation from other people. At the end, drinking was no fun for me. Since I've started to attend AA meetings, the greatest gift is that I've become reconnected. I'm part of life again. I really like myself, and that's wonderful. AA is a miracle in my life. Visit aa.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. The next NRESI colloquium is set for Friday at 3.30. Dr. Nayarorat Cheaptham will give the talk, One Health and Microorganisms, How Can a Cave Microbiology Laboratory at TRU Actively Contribute Toward a One Health Approach? The talk will be available to attend in person, but masks must be worn. That's One Health and Microorganisms with Dr. Nayarorat Cheaptham, the next NRESI colloquium, 3.30 Friday in room 8-166 at UNBC. Advocate Life and Education Services is looking for volunteers for their appreciation committee. Duties include writing thank you cards, making phone calls, and helping out with mailings on a consistent basis. It's a great way to make others feel appreciated and heard. If you have a caring heart and enjoy personal and creative writing, join the Advocate Appreciation Committee. Email bethany at advokate dot ca for more information or to express your interest in joining. 
Vantage Point offers many great courses to help not-for-profits succeed in our increasingly difficult society. To help alleviate financial barriers to those valuable learning opportunities, several bursaries are available, thanks to many generous donors. Full details on these ongoing funding sources are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. General inquiries can be emailed to info at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point, transforming not-for-profit leadership at thevantagepoint.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning. This is Trudy Clausen here. Uh, welcome. Uh, so this morning we I have the honor of talking to Karen Muir. Karen is an accountant, and uh, well, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, tax assessments, tax rates, and the city budget. Welcome, Karen. Hi, how are you? I am well. Good to hear you. Uh, so maybe just by way of introduction, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and our listeners so that uh, they have an idea of who you are. So I am, yeah, as you said, an accountant. I got my CPA about six years ago and have worked in a variety of industry positions primarily, but uh, mostly in forestry. And I did have done a little bit of audit. And uh, I'm also very politically involved and engaged, which um, is how, you know, you and I connected. And I think the uh, the appeal of bringing the accounting side into this budget and uh, property tax and assessments discussion. That's good. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like, okay, I'm such a political hound. So it's always lovely to me when I meet women who are also political hounds because uh, I'm not sure if we just hide it or if they're just not very many of us. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, So tell me a little bit about how tax, like this is something um, I know I was reading up and trying to become a little bit more informed about how this actually works. Uh, But can you maybe um, explain it from how you see it and like how assessments work and then explain how the tax rate is arrived at? I don't know. Because this is really hard for me, and <laughs> and I think part of the reason is because, like people tell me, oh well, the city says how much money they need, and then and then that's how you decide what the tax rate is. Uh, but how about let's let's first, so I'll talk about that later. But let's first talk about the assessments and how they work. Yeah, so of course, property assessments are done every year by BC Assessment, which is uh, you know separate from the city, and they're based on sales around your property, the, you know, the city as a whole, what type of property you have, um, what type of improvements you might have done, and, you know, kind of et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, we all know that it doesn't match market rate, but it's, um, you know, the, the BC assessment rate. I, I, don't even, I don't even know what it would be really comparable to, um, but it, it's certainly not comparable or or the same as market rate necessarily. But, it, I mean, it, with the sales of neighboring properties and such, they do try to take those increases into account. Um, and then property tax is a factor of what they call the mill rate. And I, I will be honest, when I first kind of got into local politics, I, you know, from in storage of mill town, I was thinking, what the heck do mills have to do with property taxes? <laughs> Love like, it. They got this. They're like, what? But no, it, a mill is actually like Roman for thousand. Right. So it's the rate per thousand is what the mill rate is. Okay. So let's, let's just go back a little bit to the assessments. So okay. for Prince George and area, um, 
assessments this year across the board, I think, would have increased, right? Yes. So the average for Prince George was 20%. For a single-family home, it was 18 for Strata. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm thinking about how many, how much taxes I have to pay, that means to me that I'm going to have to pay more taxes simply because the value of my property went up. But I've been told that's not necessarily the case. So, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. then let's so, talk about the tax rate, like the mill rate. Yeah. So that's how you get the mill rate is you take the total tax needed, which um, we can get into maybe more details about what was decided last yep. night. Uh, later, but you know, say it's a thousand dollars is what they say the total tax needed for the year is. Then you divide that by the total property assessment. Um, now, of course, that's taxable property assessment because the city will exempt some properties like right. churches, their own facilities, that sort of thing. Um, so it's taxable property assessment, and then you multiply that by a thousand, and then you get so you get your mill rate. Um, so if, if there was a thousand dollars needed and your total property assessment is like 10,000, then you multiply that by a thousand and you get your mill rate. And my mental math isn't following my own, uh, <laughs> mouth, but, but you can kind of see how that flows through to get a rate to apply to your property assessment. So if every property goes up, or if your property went up the average, so if your property went up 20%, you're going to continue to bur- take the same amount of burden that you would have last year. Okay. If your property went up more, you're going to take a larger share of the tax burden. And if your property went up less, so if your property only went up, say, 15%, you're going to take a smaller share of that tax burden. Now, the other kind of confusing thing that comes into play is all the media and even, you know, city council itself talks about a, you know, they were talking about a 6.55% increase initially, but that's the increase to the total tax budget, not an increase per property. Oh, I think that's where I get lost, actually. Yeah, and, and it's kind of really confusing wording because they haven't even, at this stage, they haven't even applied it to uh, the total taxable value. They're just looking at that first line of how much tax do we need. Hmm. And so if, if all properties increase as you were thinking, you know, then the mill rate actually will go down or huh? stay the same because the properties, yeah, it, it's that factor of, of how the property assessment increased. Oh, okay. So will the average homeowner whose uh, house has incre- uh, increased in value, will they be paying more this year? Only if it's above the average. So oh. if your property is right around 20% increase, then no, your share stays about the same. Oh. If your property went up like, um, I don't know, you know, if it skyrocketed, you did, you, you bought a total junk, you know, flip house and you completely renovated it and redid the siding and the yard and like everything and your house increased significantly not just sort of the market increase then yes your share is going to go up because your property is now deemed to be significantly higher value right because we because apparently we like to penalize for fixing up the we like to penalize people for fixing their houses yeah (laughs) i i feel like that's i mean that's another conversation but i feel like that's a little bit of the tax system you know penalize 
Better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I think that helps me actually a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, but but that's assuming. Um, so people aren't like as long as people's houses have gone up close to the average, like the twenty yeah. percent, they shouldn't be facing a greater tax burden this year. However, city, um, maybe what we'll do is we'll take a break and then we can maybe talk a little bit about how the city's um, budget affects your the taxes that you pay and this increase that they talked about yesterday. So I'm talking with Karen Muir. We'll be back after this break. Advocate Life and Education Services is currently on the hunt for an experienced and passionate individual to join their team in the part-time controller position at their head office in Abbotsford. The hours for this position can be flexible for the right candidate. Application information and full details are available through the Get Involved link at advocate.ca. If this sounds like you or someone you know, Advocate Life and Education Services would love to hear from you. Email your resume and cover letter to marie at advocate.ca. If you're looking to guide your organization through significant growth, change, or transition to tap into unrealized potential, Vantage Point's Capacity Lab is the perfect program for you. A blend of in-class learning and expert consulting, your not-for-profit organization will see tremendous benefits through this guided self-assessment process. Registration and full details are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point's Capacity Lab, every third Wednesday, starting February 16th. Application deadline is Sunday. Teen Art Showcase 2022 is set for March at your public library. Culminating with an awards reception in the Keith Gordon Room on April 2nd, award categories include Best Overall, Best Original, Best Use of Materials, Social Commentary, and People's Choice. All art mediums will be accepted. For more information, email lredpath at studio2080.com. Art Showcase 2022, on for the month of March at the Prince George Public Library. Art pieces must be ready for submission on February 25th or 26th. Forecast for Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, clearing near noon, wind up to 15K and a high of 1. Tonight, a few clouds, increasing cloudiness near midnight, winds from the south at 20, a low of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 10. For Friday, mainly cloudy, south winds continuing and a high of 2. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, this is Trudy Clausen here with Karen Muir. Karen, we were just talking about um, uh, the how assessments work and the effect on the mill rate, which is the tax rate. So if your house um, went up the average amount of 20%, you were telling me that uh, you don't necessarily pay more taxes. However, if the city is increasing the mill rate, won't that have an effect on how much taxes you're paying? Yeah, but the, so the mill... Mill rate hasn't actually been set yet okay. because that is dependent on what the total property assessment value is, right? Which of course hasn't been finalized because oh. we can still um, right because we're st- we're still in the uh, and we want to talk about that. The deadline to contest your assessment is uh, Monday, I think, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think it's the end of the month, yeah. Right, and then so then once that has all been processed and happens, then then the city will know what the total value of assessments is, and then the mill rate is determined, right? Yeah, so right now all they've decided, that 3% that was decided last night, was the increase in their total tax collection. Okay. So s- in theory, if all of the property, like say... Um, it was a billion dollars last year in total value or, or whatever. And then this year it was, um, 
$750 million or something. It had gone down for some reason. Then, and, yeah, and the budget also increased. Then the mill rate would have to go up uh, because they're collecting less. Yes. But when the mill rate goes up, or sorry, when the property assessment value goes up, and then the actual mill rate itself will go down, assuming uh, that the tax need is about the same. Um, now, they, they did do a fairly small increase, I mean, half of what they had looked at. Um, you know, they were looking at $8.5 million to increase the budget by. Um, so, assuming that, yeah, maybe around 4 I haven't actually done the math of what it falls out at. I just saw the 3%. Um, you know, then they're only looking at, say, $4 million of increase to their budget. And then a 20% increase to total property value. I mean, that's huge, as yep. we all know. Well, all our jaws dropped when we got our assessment. Yes. And uh, so that should flow out to a pretty stagnant mill rate instead of, or, or even falling mill rate. And then you apply it to your 20% increase and your actual dollars paid should be about the same. As uh, long as your assessment was in line with that Prince George average of 20%. As la- So the, the, amount, the actual amount that, um, that, taxpayers will be or property tax should be about the same amount dollar wise as it was last year yeah I, I, looking at the, the as i said i've unfolded the math through um I, I can't even find an estimate of what the total property assessed value is uh, mm-hmm. all i can find is northern bc which of course isn't relevant when we're only talking about prince george taxes right. um but so it, the flowing the math through is a little bit hard but um i I'm guessing, uh, you know, logic would tell me that if the average properties went up by 20% and the budget is only going up by, you know, less, that the mill rate should actually go down. Right. So. And that the subsequent tax bill shouldn't be up by any much. higher. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I think that, that, that does help me a little bit. (laughs) Well, and I, and I think part of me, like, like math is not my, (laughs) certainly not my best, best subject. And I think part of the reason that I found this such a hard concept is because this is not how I live. Like my household budget is not determined by me saying, Hey, this is how much money I want to spend this year running my house household. (laughs) And then saying, okay, everybody else, you have to pay for it. (laughs) Like that's not how my house. The other thing to me is that's so bizarre, and Todd Corrigal from the Chamber com- or, you know, talked about this briefly, uh, or I saw on uh, Twitter and, and PG, or CKPG, I think, did an article on it, um, was why are we talking about this in January? I mean, A, the year has already started. Yes. B, these are bigger conversations than two, you know, five or six hour meetings when you're talking about setting a budget for you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. And the cuts that should have come, uh, you know, is not as easy as, you know, they were talking about, well, I, I noted that they um, added four new bylaw officers, but they also cut snow removal and roads. And, like, why are we just taking things off the top like that? Why not dig deeper and try to find actual operational ways to try to keep these budgets lower? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um <laughs> so that so you said two five or six hour meetings that hard yeah i mean doesn't the finance committee deal with some of that initially i would imagine so but of course it all has to come to and i mean staff staff in theory should be managing their own budgets 
and, and doing that work. Uh, but it has to come to council, of course, to be approved. Right. And that's... Um, so part of the discussion yesterday, we've, we've just got a bit of time before we'll go to break, but um, was, you know, they, they were looking at each budget item that they'd been presented with line by line mm-hmm. and voting on them. Um, I remember last year, it was so weird because everybody was voting yes to everything on the budget. And then at the last, I don't know, my impression was that the last three items suddenly um, someone realized that, wait a minute, if we're going at this rate, we're going to be, you know, voting for a 5% or 6% increase or something. And then they then they shot down this $5,000 plan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. like, that's not going to make a, a, a dent in a, what is it, $240 million budget? So, Yeah, yeah. It was la- so it, the last audited statements I could find were $172 million was spent uh-huh. in 2020. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I even had to laugh at uh, they, they found $807,000 or $100,000 in savings. And I like that's less than half a percent of their budget that mm-hmm. they figured out how to cut. Like in industry or, you know, anybody running an organization, like that just would be unacceptable. Hmm. So come back with a half a percent. That's all you could find. So, okay, so let's, we're going to talk a little bit more about that after uh, we'll, I think what we'll do is we'll take a break now and then we'll spend a bit of time talking about that. So about the v- different ways that you would suggest that the city look at how to, how to do this, like you were mentioning, but also just looking at the different items. So uh, we'll be, um, we'll be back after this. I grew up in a normal home in a normal town. All of a sudden, everything got crazy. I didn't talk to anybody about the way I was feeling. I was scared and I was alone. I started drinking. I just didn't want to deal with what was happening in my life. I knew about AA, but thought I was too young. I found out I was wrong. If you have a problem with your drinking, why don't you give AA a call? Visit AA.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. World Schizophrenia Day is Tuesday, May 24th, and once again, BCSS is reaching out to landmarks across BC to show support for people affected by schizophrenia and psychosis by lighting up in purple. If you or your organization would like to participate, email info at bcss.org. Light up in purple and show your support for everyone affected by schizophrenia and psychosis on World Schizophrenia Day, Tuesday, May 24th. Make 2022 meaningful. Join Minerva BC's high-impact leadership programs. Emerging Leaders is a part-time development program designed to help new managers make the transition from individual contributor to effective leader. Starting April 6th, Emerging Leaders will equip participants with the mindset and tools needed to inspire others and achieve measurable results. For registration and more information on Emerging Leaders or other Minerva BC leadership programs like Women Leading the Way, Face of Leadership, and Learning to Lead, visit MinervaBC.ca. Vantage Point's membership is an opportunity for not-for-profit leaders to be heard and to strengthen the voice of BC's not-for-profit sector. Vantage Point facilitates dialogue around important issues organizations currently face through their peer networks, offer reduced prices for their professional development opportunities, provide exclusive sector updates, and more. Learn more about the benefits of a Vantage Point membership through the join link at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point, transforming not-for-profit leadership. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Trudy here, back with Karen Muir, 
talking about the city budget now. We've uh, talked a little bit about assessments, and I just wanted to, before we um, uh, move on, I just want to uh, tell people a really neat resource that was shared with me is uh, go to YouTube and look at BC Assessments, and they do actually have a pretty good video explaining um, how assessments and mill rates work. Uh, I didn't quite get it yet, but I've only watched it once, and now Karen has has explained it to me, so maybe if I go back and watch it again. But I really think my biggest issue with this is why why does the city get to set their budget and then decide who's going to pay for it? Yes. <laughs> that's always, that's the thing, I think. my That's my problem. Uh, I mean, I grew up poor, right? So you only ever had what whatever your money was you didn't set your budget and <laughs> yes well and at some point the taxpayers run dry like you know you got to balance that uh providing services but also my thing is is even where's the value yeah like i mean i'm happy to pay for society but i want to see some value out of it and and the attitude i feel a lot i mean a lot of bureaucracies but particularly that we've seen from our city is they're not really cognizant of providing that value to taxpayers. And and to be fair, um, any one of them, I've I've met most of them and, and had a had a good chat, and and they're fine people. But that doesn't yeah. necessarily translate into providing value for the taxpayer, right? Yes. Well, and I I know I mean I, as an accountant, I've sat at many uh, you know management tables during budget time and you know, the pressure's on from upper management or from the owners or, you know, whoever's overseeing to cut, you know, 5%, cut 2%. And you've got your increases. I mean, I've worked in union environments and whatnot where you've got your labor increases laid out and you have to accommodate those, but then you've got to find efficiencies elsewhere or, um, you know, you just don't do something that's optional so how in do you- order to balance that. And you make those choices because, as you said, you can't just tell the funder, in this case the taxpayers, or in that case the shareholders, to just cough up more money. Yep. So can you explain that? How? Because um, you've made you've you mentioned that like private business, um, like you just can't do it this way. So how do you? So when you are faced with a, um, a funding shortfall, or 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 because of that's how business works. So how do you make those cuts? How do you decide what has to go and what can stay? Well, I thought it was interesting because uh, Todd, who was watching the uh, the meeting last night, noted, Todd Corgold, that uh, we, the director of HR from the city commented that we have 50 full-time equivalent positions, more than Nanaimo, which, uh, you know, we're a city that's often compared to Nanaimo. Obviously, we have some differences, but and our, they and our... also have 10,000 more people. Okay, and our snow removal is mostly contracted, correct? So that's not counted in the full-time equivalent employees, is it? Right. Yes, the contractor wouldn't. Right. And like fifty, that's that's humongous. That is. Um, and, and what's you know, the cost uh, per employee? Pardon? I think some didn't somebody say that the cost per full-time employee was like around one hundred and eighty thousand per year. Well, that that was an average. So right. of course, some of the you know more junior like clerk type positions would be substantially lower, and then the directors at the city and such would be you know even higher than that. Um, but yeah, it, I mean it's it's incredible. Labor is any organization's biggest cost. And so I used to work at a mill. I was the accountant at the mill. And uh, I remember we were scrutinizing one position. 
to try to cut. If we could just cut, you know, one position in a department, and we would do that by automating. I mean, of course, manufacturing is obviously different than uh, than a city, but you know, you look to automate. You look to split up a role. On, you know, you can't just dump another position onto one person and make it two positions for one body, but you can split up a role and put it on, you know, spread it out over multiple people. Um, I know that I've seen job postings and the wages at this city for fairly simple jobs or for jobs that really could be done. You know, there was a job came up for booking parks. Like, why don't we have a computer system to make that streamline? Um, would be a lot less expensive than a, a person or, or more than one person. Uh, we added four new bylaw officers, and I, I got no, no disrespect to bylaw officers. You know they are necessary, but do we really need four extra, four more of them? Well, at this point, uh, well, so that's so. So one thing that I've heard, uh, uh, you know, whenever anyone talks about, like I, I've wa- I've tried to watch in um, the. Uh, the the city's um, council meetings and one thing that I've heard expressed several times is oh we can't lay off people because these are good paying jobs and they're contributing to our city and it, that just seems like and and no one has really challenged that yeah and and so how do you how do we begin to change that narrative how do we begin to have city councilors that realize that the role of city is not to provide jobs it's to provide <laughs> <laughs> like how do we change that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, personally, I look at um, I mean, politicians in general often, but our particular city council, and there's not a ton of sort of business management experience or project management experience. And I think it shows, you know, as you said, they're all fantastic people, and they all bring a, a particular skill set. But I nobody seems to be bringing that lens of, financial analysis or, um, you know, the, 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 the lens of cutting and not just spending and trying to be creative in how you're, you're doing the work of the city. Um, you know, are there ways to be doing it better? And I know, you know, you talk about private businesses or even not-for-profits. I mean, not-for-profits often have very tight they do. budgets. Yep. And, you know, you maybe just don't do a program if you don't end up with as much funding as you expected, or you make it a lot smaller or, um, you know, consolidate funds and, and combine two programs potentially. And, and often businesses, you know, we criticize them when they cut jobs, but they can't continue at a loss. I mean, that just doesn't work. And potentially the city needs to look at programs or offerings that they have that aren't you know, of value or being successful and try to figure out how to do them better and for less cost instead of, as you noted, treating the taxpayer as kind of an endless, well, we'll just keep asking for more money. Mm-hmm. And because that that's discouraging to the taxpayer and and especially if they, if they have the sense that services are uh, providing less value, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one thing that... Um, um, well, maybe you know what we're we're running out of time here, so I'll just I'll just um, mention that anybody who wants to get a bit of a rundown that's a little bit different than what the media reports, uh, just because you know the nature of media. Uh, Todd Corgill did have an excellent thread, uh, and like he tweeted last night um, f- 
uh, on the city council meeting, and so it provides good reading there, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, you'll have to get on Twitter and read Todd's <laughs> and Todd's thread. But anyway, um, so before we um, end, then we've got a few minutes to wrap up. What would you like to say for the average person? I mean, we've got an election coming up in the fall. What would you recommend that people who are wondering about who to vote for? What should they be looking for? Just very briefly, we've got like ten seconds. <laughs> I would say that uh, project or financial management, like business management piece, you know, the state of our city, that is a skill that we really need to add. Business and project management experience. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so very much, Karen. And uh, we will be back with After 9 tomorrow. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Owned and